Amen. Let's give that hand clap to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, aren't you thankful to have the Lord on your side during times like this? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. No matter what curveballs they try to throw at us, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's been an honor to be with you uh, these past several weeks. And uh, I think it's awesome that Brother Easter is coming right after me. He's the cleanup hitter. So he'll just come in here and clean it all up. You guys will be in good shape here soon. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Be reading from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Give honor to your pastor and his family. Love and appreciate them so much. I know I've said that every Wednesday. Uh, but I've meant it every Wednesday that I've said it. So, amen. Give honor to them. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came in thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. I want to preach to you this evening on this thought, make room for revival. Make room for revival. Would you pray with me tonight? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be gathered together in your house on this Wednesday evening with people of like precious faith. Lord, I pray that you would release faith into this atmosphere right now, that you would bring us into one mind and one accord. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word to your people. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. That word revival, uh, I know in the Christian world, in the church world, we often use it to uh, describe a series of services uh, that we're going to have. Usually there is a guest speaker involved. Um, harvest is usually the dominating theme uh, of those services. But that word revive, as you well know, I'm sure, uh, really has a different meaning. It means to restore to life or consciousness. To restore to life or consciousness. And I think that's interesting because it implies uh, that it's giving life to something that had life at one point or should have life at the moment. And life, as we all know, requires space. It requires space. Uh, the first time I found out that I was uh, going to have a child come into the home, uh, my boss told me, he said, you better get ready because it's not about you anymore. And I said, okay, yeah, I get that. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. 
Because you can't get that until you have a baby. And then you start to get that. Fast forward several years, I'm still getting that. Because life takes over. I didn't realize that upon the entrance of a baby, I wouldn't be able to sleep the way I used to sleep. I wouldn't be able to eat the way I used to eat. I wouldn't be able to leave when I wanted to leave and go where I wanted to go. All of a sudden, this life that came into the home began to dominate everything. It began to dominate everything. And I had to make room for this baby. I had to get baby furniture, had to paint the walls, had to do everything that was required for this life to thrive. John chapter 3 verse 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This, of course, is what we know as the new birth experience. It's when we are baptized in the name of Jesus and we take on his name and he fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We call it being born again. And when we are born again, it is meant to have the same effect as when a family has a child. Our new birth experience should begin to take over our life. It should begin to take up space where other things used to take up space in our life. It has an occupying power to take over the real estate of our hearts and our minds if we'll allow it to. When Elisha passed by, the Shunammite woman constrained him to come in and to eat bread. But she had no idea that her encounter with a prophet was about to take over her life. It was about to change the entire landscape of her life. Mm. First time we realized that something supernatural was passing by our way. The first time we heard and hungered to be born again of water and of spirit. We could have never anticipated the occupying power that it was going to have in our life. That Shunammite woman, she made room because she had a desire to experience the power of God in her life. The Bible says that she constrained the prophet to come in the first time. But every time after that, he turned in to commune with her of his own accord. Mm. It only takes one time at the table with Jesus. And every time he passes by thereafter, he's going to turn in and see if you're available to spend time with him. She constrained him to come in one time. But after that introduction, he stopped by every time that he passed by her way. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance requires a desire for God and a surrendering of real estate in our life. It often starts with the real estate of our heart that nobody wants, the hurt, the 
pain, the guilt, the sin. It's where repentance begins. And repentance is the correct response to the desire that we have for God. Repentance is constraining him to come in for a visit. It's clearing the table, if you will. It's moving everything out of the way and saying, I want you to come inside so we can get to know each other. I'm going to create some space for this initial experience. As soon as you give him room, it just takes off after that. He begins to stop by. And it's pretty soon before you all become family. And you're baptized in the name of Jesus and you take on his name. And one thing leads to another and it's not long after that before you say, you know what? I don't think I want you to leave. Would you fill me with your spirit? And he begins to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, you went from a visitation to regular visits to now he's abiding in your life. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As soon as you give him room, he moves in. The woman made room for the prophet as we must make room for God in our lives. See, salvation is not a one-time experience. It's something that grows. Salvation will take over more and more of your life if you'll allow it. And that's the way it's intended to be. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world needs that right now. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Lord says, you allowed me in once. You allowed me in twice. And now you've made a room for me. So now we're going to begin the transformation process of your life. Everything that used to occupy this space, we're going to begin to move it out. We're going to begin to move out that guilt. We're going to begin to move out that worry. We're going to begin to move out that fear. And we're going to begin to do a transformation process in your life. All those things that used to occupy your mind before, we're going to begin to move that stuff out. And my glory is going to occupy your thoughts. My goodness is going to occupy your heart. My mercy is going to occupy you. Mm. We must make room for these promises in our life. I remember uh, when my wife and I came into church and uh, we started, uh, <laughs> it was so funny, we was in, this has got nothing to do with the message, but you'll just enjoy this, okay? <laughs> we were going to Bible studies for about six months, and I, and you guys have heard my testimony, I grew up in church, but I was out of church for a while, and, and so I, I started telling her, I said, you know, I said, I, I, I got to get back in church, you know, and, and so we started going to Bible studies together, and she had never been in an apostolic church before, right? Never. So she went to six months of dinners and Bible studies before she came into the church. 
And I brought her in on a Monday night to an Eli Hernandez revival. That's baptism by fire right there. <laughs> but let me tell you something. On a Monday night, before the service was even over, she cleared the table and said, God, I'm going to make room for you right now. I want you to feel me right now. And there was an immediate transformation. She went home and her life was never the same because she said yes to the occupying power of the Holy Ghost in her life. She said, God, I'm not going to talk the way I talked before. I'm not going to walk the way I walked before. I'm not going to dress the way I dressed before. I'm not going to go the places that I used to go before. God, you take all the room in the chamber that you want. I want a transformation in my life. Mm. You know why so many people wrestle? Because they want an experience and not a transformation. You can walk away from an experience. But a transformation changes the landscape of your entire life. It changes you. It changes your kids. It changes your family. It changes your friends. It changes your finance. It changes your past. It changes your present. And it changes your future. That's the transformation. Occupying power of the salvation that we have. But how often do we fight against it? Now, I'll let you occupy this much. But this little area over here, there's just some knickknacks over here that are special to me that I'm just not going to get rid of. Mm. Huh. Brother Hernandez prophesied to us the following year about some things that were going to happen in our life. And, and he said, I want you all to make a list and begin to pray this list in your life. And you know, this list, it really had everything to do with us. It really had to do with the remodel of our life because our life was broken. But you know, something happened after a few years. That list began to change. And it became less and less about us. And more and more about what was happening around us. Mm. See, that's what the Holy Ghost does. It starts in an upper room, but it doesn't take very long huh, before it's out in the street. Hey, but we got to make room for it. Mm. Hallelujah. Can I get that first slide on the screen for me? In my title slide there, that living room is Sister Stark's living room, okay? She never knew I took this picture. <laughs> I was over there one day, and I just snapped a shot of this picture because Sister Stark can fill a living room with furniture like nobody I know, right? She loves people. She loves having people over. And so there's more sitting in a living room than there are in some sanctuaries in Sister Stark's house, right? She creates all this seating. Now, if you think back to uh, January, February, 
This is what most of our lives look like. If this was a representation of our life, it was completely full. Me time, family, church, entertainment, work, sleep, chores, ministry. I can't read some of those other ones. Extracurricular activities, all kinds of things. Our life was full. Can I get an amen? amen. There wasn't any room. If somebody wanted to give Sister Stark a sectional couch, she was going to have to get rid of some stuff in order to receive it. Amen? Just stay with me. 1 Peter 1 and 16 says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. As a result of the pandemic, we had an opportunity to recenter our lives. God made an opportunity for us to return the real estate that belongs to him. See, what happens is a lot of times we clear the area, but we don't like empty space. And so it doesn't take very long before we start filling it. Start filling it and filling it because we become uncomfortable with empty space. You know, when I first started preaching, I was very uncomfortable with pauses. My dad came and visited from Brazil. He came and he heard me preach at, at, at my home church. And I went down to him afterwards. He said, son, you got to slow down. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with pauses. We become uncomfortable with any empty space in our life. God said, look, I'm going to clear this stuff out of the way. I'm going to allow you to refocus, to recenter. And now that things are beginning to open up and, 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 and the hustle and bustle is coming back, don't make the mistake of allowing things to crowd out the space that you created for the promises of God in your life again. I was praying one morning in the driveway, as I do almost every morning, and the Lord spoke to me and said, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what I said. I said, yep. And then I knew, I knew it was coming, right? He said, if you wouldn't do it in the church building, then don't do it in my temple. If you wouldn't play it in the church building, then don't play it in my temple. If you wouldn't say it in the church building, then don't say it in my temple. If you wouldn't bring it in the church building, then don't bring it in my temple. If you wouldn't touch it, if you wouldn't watch it, if you wouldn't entertain it, if you wouldn't eat it, if you wouldn't drink it in the sanctuary, then don't do it in my temple. What was he saying? He was saying, give me back the real estate in your life that belongs to me. Give me your whole heart. Don't become uncomfortable just because there's some space available. I got some promises coming down the road that are going to occupy that space. You just leave it open for my timing. Woo! Shut that up. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Uh, there is a space called revival that God wants us to make room for in our life. Don't allow an ever-changing situation to crowd out the space that God has made for revival in your life. Uh, revival for you personally and revival in the church. Ah, you know what that means? God used this pandemic to remind some of you of what it was like when he used to fill all the space in your life. He said, you remember when I used to fill all that space? Before you got so caught up uh, in the things of this world. Uh, before you got so entangled uh, with the entanglements and weights of this world. Uh, with the ideologies. Uh, with the philosophies. Uh, with the lies. Uh, do you remember when I filled all that space? Uh, here, uh, I'm going to just move everything out for you. Uh, because I want to take you back uh, to when I filled all that space. Uh, you remember the choice. You remember the peace. You remember the love. Oh, do you remember what it was like when I filled the room? Uh, hmm. uh, uh. Can you fit revival in your life? Revival requires room. For sacrifice. You have room for sacrifice? Revival requires room for prayer. For personal consecration. For selfless service. Ah, revival requires room for intercession. Mm, you know, I get hung up every time I read this list right there huh, on intercession. Mm, you know, I remember growing up in church, huh, everyone in the church could identify who the intercessors were in the church. Huh? They say, oh, he's a prayer warrior. Huh? She's a prayer warrior. Huh? She's an intercessor. Where are the intercessors now? Right. Ah, revival requires room for teaching, for forbearing, for forgiving. Woo! Oxygen left the room. Revival requires room for unity, for encouraging, for preparing, for discipleship, and for spiritual maturity. The Lord has promised us revival, but we have got to make room for it. Going back to this story, the Shunammite woman. God gave her favor with Elisha. Elisha sends his servant Gehazi to ask her to find out what it is that she needs, what it is that she wants. She never took it upon herself. She just created space for the man of God to speak into her life, for the man of God to work in her life. Elisha sends Gehazi and Gehazi finds out she's never had a baby. So Elisha prophesies she's going to have a baby. What did he do? He gave her a promise. <laughs> and she had made room for that promise before it was ever given. When that promise arrived, she had room to receive it. Don't fill up the space you created for prophetic fulfillment with pastime and possession. 
leave the room available until fulfillment arrives. Huh. She'd had a baby. Now a child, a promise, resided where the word used to sleep. Some of you have been holding on to a word for a long time. There's this temptation to just move on. Right? That's the adversary say, that's never going to happen. Just, just move on. Just, just move on. You can just go ahead and let go. That was just a pipe dream. That was never a promise. The adversary would like nothing more than for you to fill up every corner of your life with the things of this world so that God doesn't have any room to move on your behalf. So as the story goes, Shunmite woman has a child. Oh, happy day. Child gets older. Child goes to work with dad. Out in the field. Child gets a headache. Dad does what dads do. Said, go see mom. Go talk to mama. Child comes home and dies. Promise. Dead. Well, the Shunammite woman wasn't having any of it. She said, I think not. Said, we've come too far to quit now. Said, I'm going to track down the one who gave me the promise. And we're going to have a little talk. So she went and tracked down the man of God. And the man of God, he's, you know, he's preaching. He's in the middle of ministry and he sees her coming. And he says, Gehazi, go, go see why she's here. Usually I go there, go see why she's here. So Gehazi comes and says, what's going on? What's the matter? Why are you here? She says, it is well. Mm. <laughs> said, everything okay? It is well. <laughs> said, you know what? Today, I'm not here to talk to Gehazi. I'm going to talk to the one who gave me the promise. Ah, so she sidesteps Gehazi and gets a hold of Elisha. She says, you gave me a promise. And that promise is laying lifeless at my house right now. Elisha says, I'm coming. Elisha comes to the house. I'll read to you 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 33 and 34. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. You don't have to let your promise die on the table. You can march into that promise. Say, I command life to come back into this promise today. Some of you have grown too comfortable huh, with your promise laying cold and dead on the table. Huh? You begin to just move around that promise huh, and, and just begin to negotiate your life around that promise and say, well, huh, I guess it's never going to come to pass. Huh? But I come today to tell you, huh, you can speak life back into that promise. Huh? That promise will grow warm again. Huh? That promise will breathe life again. Huh? Hey. Ha. This church 
the church, it's been given a promise of revival. And before coronavirus hit, that promise was beginning to produce. Right? Amen? But when coronavirus hit, it was like that child. It left the harvest field to die where it was birthed. <laughs> it was out there reaping. And fear struck and took the life out of that promise. Last three Wednesdays, we spent these services redigging old wells. <laughs> But today I feel a different mandate from the Lord. <laughs> it's time to raise up the promise. It's time to breathe life into revival again. It's time to warm up the promise that's grown cold. The promise of revival is not dead. It's coming back to life today in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to believe it. This world keeps pumping negative information at you every single day because it doesn't want you to believe that revival can happen. You know, I didn't hear that report that he said right before I got up and preached. You know why? Six weeks ago, I shut everything down. I haven't heard one news report. I haven't seen one Facebook post. I haven't seen one Instagram picture. Everything in my life has been shut off for six weeks. I told my wife, I said, you know, when I walk in a store, I forget that coronavirus is even happening when I walk into a place. I said, I can't tell you the peace that I've had over the last six weeks as I shut off the voice of fear in my world. And you know what I have found? He's the same as he was in January. He's the same as he was in February. All I had to do was make room for him to speak in my life again. God's been speaking to some of you, but you haven't been able to hear it. You need to make room for it. Ah. Mm. The world keeps telling us to prepare for a new normal. Mm. Well, the world's right. There is a new normal. But it's not defined by them. It's not defined by fear, anxiety, or uncertainty. I declare our new normal is revival. Revival is the new normal. The church is coming to life again. Multiplication is the new normal. Baptisms are the new normal. Our outpouring of the Holy Ghost is the new normal. Miracles are the new normal. Faith is the new normal. Faith is the new normal. Peace is the new normal. Joy, unspeakable and full of glory is the new normal. Come on. God's saying, who's going to make room? Who's going to make room? Who's going to make room for demonstration? Who's going to make room?
Oh, come on, would you shout to the Lord right now? Oh, come on, let your faith out. Let your faith out. Let your faith out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. Ah. Come on, the light just clicked on for some of you. You forgot that you got a different king. Huh. Huh. I remember the day that we found out Hudson was going to be born. Remember that list I told you about, that Eli Hernandez list? You know what was on that list? A baby boy, right? So, when my wife got pregnant with Aubrey, I declared every day that it was going to be a man-child. Man-child. My namesake's on the way, baby. There's no way it couldn't be. Of course it is. He shall bear our name. Hallelujah. And alas, it was not so. For the Lord blessed us with a girl-child. And what a wonderful child she is. A handful, but wonderful. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, a couple years of handful later, my wife and I are sitting at the table discussing whether or not we would continue to pursue the dream of a man-child. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, well, babe, I said, you know, life's pretty good right now. We got to, yeah. I'm like, we are not outnumbered. I'm outnumbered, but we're not outnumbered. It's one to one. Why change the odds? Said so we have a three or four bedroom house. Said so we have a guest room upstairs. Isn't it nice? Mike, we'd like to keep that guest room. Hallelujah. So we both decide, we decide together. It is finished. <laughs> One week to the day, to the hour, at the same exact table, my wife comes strolling in the room. I've got some news. <laughs> the man child just might be on the way. We were happy. <laughs> that didn't come out right. We were happy with what we had. It was manageable. And we had some space left over. We've had revival before. Yeah. And we've been happy with it. Because we still had a guest room. 
where we could entertain whatever we wanted. Mmm, batondo shaya. But God said, you thought you were done? Listen, church, there's another baby on the way. It's called the latter rain, so you better make some room for it. I know you've enjoyed the guest room, but you're going to have to turn the guest room into a nursery because I got more revival for the church. Don't fill up the guest room with what you want. I got a baby on the way. Make room for revival. Uh, I believe the Lord's tried to send us exponential revival before, but we weren't willing to convert the guest room into a nursery. But I believe the church is at the point right now, at the place right now, where they're saying, you know what? We're going to make another little chamber. We're going to make some more room, God. Yeah, I had all this stuff over here that that I didn't want to get rid of. But God, I've already called the U-Haul truck. And I'm moving it out of my life. Because I believe there's another promise on the way. Church, it's time for us to make room for revival tonight. You got four or five power pack services coming up with an extended Easter. I believe that God has used these four services to prime you, to prepare you for what is getting ready to happen. I charge you in the Holy Ghost, don't miss one service. Clear the calendar, clear your schedule, be here for every because you don't know which day revival is going to walk through the door. So again tonight, I'm going to open up this altar and I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to begin to move out of your aisles right now and begin to make your way forward towards the front. Say, God, I'm going to make room for revival. I'm not going to entertain what the world tells me to entertain any longer. I'm not going to listen to the pundits, the politicians, and all the fear mongers of our world. God, I'm going to make room for faith. I'm going to make room for peace. I'm going to make room for joy. I'm going to make room for the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to make room for revival. That's it. Come on, would you begin to come? Come on, there's people coming in behind you. Come on, I believe there's fresh faith that's coming on the church here tonight. Hey, that's it.
Come on, would you begin to lift your hands? Will begin, begin to let your voice ring out? Begin to let your faith out? Want you to begin to declare revival? Begin to declare the promises of God? Come on, begin to speak life back into that promise. that's it hey go ahead call it by name call it by name say I speak life into it I speak life into my lost son I speak life into my wayward daughter I speak life back into my marriage I speak life back into my home I speak revival in my city